Welcome to the Sugar Rebels Keto and Life Hacks podcast, and this is your host, Anna Dornier. In this podcast, I share groundbreaking information in the areas of the ketogenic diet, biohacking concepts, and my top tips on how to adapt the right mindset that will ultimately help you become more successful in not just improving your health, but ultimately your life. Hey, Glenna. Hey, darling. Um, nice to see you guys. So today is all about gut health. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to share um, my screen um, so I can show you my slides. And so um, I'm excited for today because this is something that I don't normally talk um, to you guys about in more detail. And so I'm excited to dive deep with you guys about gut health and how it affects pretty much everything in our life. Um, and you'll see... Um, just how powerful this information is once you have how powerful the changes that you're going to once um, you actually put into place the things that we're going to learn today so I'm going to go ahead and share my screen um, and if you guys have any questions at all um, just feel free to drop them in the comment section and I'll check them every now and then just to make sure that I can um, address them so the title of this is called Gut Health, The Link to Obesity, Appetite, and Chronic Diseases. So this is day 10 of our 10-day Break Free from Sugar Challenge. And um, like I mentioned, I'm very excited to share this information. With you. I think it's going to really help a lot of you guys. So this information is from a book. So consider it like a cliff notes um, from the book. 10% Human by Alana Colin. Um, it's, it's a pretty interesting book. It's a pretty long read, um, very heavy on science. <laughs> so if you're like a geek like me, definitely read it if you want to read it for yourself. But this is basically like a cliff notes, like I mentioned, um, of what the book is about. She mentioned a lot more studies, a lot more in-depth about different things, different history of things. Um, but this is just kind of like the meat of everything that basically she mentioned um, in the book. So 10% human. The title of the book is 10% human because of this. So humans basically based on the human genome project where they map the DNA of human beings, we have basically 21,000 genes. And on top of that, we have a hundred trillion microbes. That's just from our gut, from on our skin, everywhere. So this means that if you really look at how we're composed, you're going to realize that we're actually more bacteria than genes, which is pretty awesome or amazing <laughs> or, you know, mind blowing. This will be when you would like put the, um, the wow emoji. If you're watching the live video, if you listen to the podcast, um, this will be when your jaw would. Um, and our microbes that live inside each and every one of us have 4.4 genes. So they actually have more genes than us. And that's why we're only 10% human by this definition, um, because this means that we are actually more microbes than we are human. So knowing that foundation, knowing that basic foundation, we then realize just how important our microbes are to us, right? Hey, Miss Diane. Um, and our, our health and our overall health. So let's talk about, since we're talking about gut health, 
um, the bacteria in our gut. If you have heard the saying that, or the, just the the title that our our gut is basically our second brain, it is partly because of this, and a lot of the connections in our gut is also because we have a lot of bacteria in there that actually help us, you know, not only digest our food but affect a lot of different things in our body. So let me explain. Um, microbiota, the the bacteria in our gut they change the chemistry in our gut. That means they release certain chemicals and manipulate certain things that change the way that we, we, um, we produce chemicals in our body. Um, in their presence, depending on which kinds of microbes we have, they change the way our gut is structured and how it functions. So for instance, um, you know, depending on the kind of microbes that, ha- that you have in your gut, you can have longer villi and it's basically those finger lesions that come from our gut lining and those are the things that um, basically not only help protect the gut lining but also um, prevent or sense things that is happening during digestion. Um, this makes the, they can make the gut impermeable which means that it protects the contents of our gut from the rest of our body so that any any proteins that are not supposed to pass through to our blood does not basically get released. Um, and that it can become an issue when this gut lining becomes damaged or inflamed. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, in microbes, some microbes can make also some of our vitamin needs. And so that's why they're important to us as well. Our gut also has more immune cells than the rest of our body. So imagine that. That's why it's called the second brain because it has the immune cells. The immune cells is basically the learning system. You know, it detects, you know, any um, intruders that could harm us and it protects us from any of those before it can get into the rest of our body. So it's kind of like our second line of defense actually because the microbes um, also live in our skin on our skin and so and in our skin and so they're the first line of defense and then you know we have other defenses as well but the gut is very important because it has a lot more immune cells than the rest of our body which got to think of it that's huge just very very important so because of this um, in the book she said Alana said that all diseases begin in the gut um, in fact, when there's a short-term disruption, for instance, if we had like a round of antibiotics, depending on the kind of antibiotics you have, or maybe you have a prolonged unhealthy diet, this can have lasting effects on our gut bacteria. Um, so this will kind of un- we kind of move forward with the with the PowerPoint. So um, depending on the kind of gut bacteria that we have, um, we can be more. Um, how do you call this, prone to IBS, constipation, ADD, ADHD, eczema, asthma, even obesity. Um, and, and what they found is that in people that have these certain conditions, that they have very different um, bacteria in their gut. Um, and therefore, they correlate certain diseases with the kind of bacteria that's in your gut. So I'm, I'm going to give you some examples. So an example would be um, for obese people, um, they had more um, firmicutes. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but that's the family of bacteria. And then people had more bacteriodetes. Um, and I don't know, again, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, and so what they found is that 
depending on you know if you're overweight or if you're the family of bacteria that's more prominent in your gut is actually very different and in fact they tested this in mice um, and they also tested this in human beings so in mice they had um, these mice type that um, are basically uh, genetically modified to be obese and they transferred some of the microbes from the lean mice into the obese mice and what happened was that the obese mice even though they're genetically predisposition to actually be more overweight they actually got to a healthy weight so imagine that um, and so this is promising um, and so I'll explain a little bit why why this is why this is happening because she really went deep into in the book about this so this means that you know the old model that we've been taught about like counting calories you know just make sure that you're eating less and moving more it's not enough because what happens when we have um, the kind of bacteria that more overweight or obese people have um, the firmicutes bacteria they actually extract more energy from food which means that we are going to absorb more calories um, when they are the predominant bacteria in our gut and this is about two percent more and you're probably saying Anna two percent is not a lot but if you think about this on a 2,000 calorie diet a day for instance on average this can translate just this one change alone can translate to a five pound uh, gain a year of weight right and so if you didn't know um, and you're just oh I'm just gonna eat you know and you could probably gain more than that um, especially bacteria in your gut are extracting more energy so even if it says a hundred calories let's say on the nutrition facts um, you could be absorbing excuse me 102 calories um, more so that means on a 2000 calorie diet that's about 40 calories extra a day and then over time it adds up and no one to age if we're not especially if we're not taking care of our gut bacteria that we can also um, increase our, our, our weight gain um, without even knowing that uh, what what's causing it right um, on top of this, when this bacteria is present, the extra calories are actually stored as fat. So, which means it doesn't get spent right away. It just gets stored as fat. Because um, that's the main way that we store energy, as we found out from this challenge. So, that means that the more fat we have in our bodies, this will contribute to leptin resistance. So, if you're not familiar with, with what leptin is, leptin is actually our hormone that tells our brain that we are full. And typically on a lean person, if they gain a little bit of weight um, and they have more, a little bit more fat in their body, um, this will send a signal to the brain. Leptin will send a signal to the brain saying, hey, we're full. Um, and that ultimately controls the appetite. But found is um, whenever we're overweight or obese and we're carrying more, more weight than we typically should have, that this, you know, we could have a lot of fat and we could have a lot of leptin that we're releasing from our fat, but we're becoming resistant to the signal. That means that piety and our appetite basically goes to the roof, even though we have a lot of leptin um, that's getting sent to our brain. Basically, our brain is not recognizing that signal anymore, similar to kind of insulin resistance where our, our cells are not um, 
recognizing insulin anymore. So it's kind of a similar process, but just very different because it's leptin versus insulin. So think about just the extra calories that you're absorbing and then the extra fat that we're storing. And then we have more fat in our bodies, which contributes to leptin resistance. So it just becomes this cascade of, of things that are happening that is working against us um, if, if, we're, if we're trying to diet right um or if we're not paying attention even worse because then it's just these calories are just going to add up and you know it and then we're going to get hungry and hungry because then we we develop this uh thing called leptin resistance right um so my curves are also responsible for mood regulation and of course with that comes now um and so uh what i mean by this is just an example um Sarah's which is basically a neurotransmitter that makes us happy. You guys have probably heard of that. Um, it's found mostly in the gut. And so um, what that means is when we have microbes that turn tryptophan, and tryptophan, we're familiar with it, right? We, we think of tryptophan usually when it comes from Turkey at Thanksgiving, we feel like that's the thing that makes us sleepy. Um, actually, tryptophan comes from protein in general, from meats that we eat. So these, there's microbes that turn this tryptophan from protein into serotonin. And most of the serotonin comes from our gut. It's 90% of our serotonin actually lives in the gut. Um, and the more tryptophan that we have that can convert, um, can be converted from protein, then this protein can be converted, um, sorry, this and can be converted into serotonin. And so that means that if we don't have tryptophan, um, and we don't have these microbes that convert tryptophan um, into serotonin, that means that um, we're gonna be more, more moody. <laughs> you know, we won't be as happy basically. So less tryptophan means less serotonin, ser serotonin, which means less happiness. So hopefully that makes sense. Any questions about that, just let me know um, and I'll answer them for you. Um, antibiotics and mental health. So um, we're probably, um, maybe you've heard of maybe a family member or a friend who maybe took antibiotics and then they got sick from it um, and then they don't know why they got sick I know I have a friend that um, she took antibiotics and she just got really sick and she was not able to connect um, you know her sickness from antibiotics she was sick for a long time like for months until she kind of it was the, the you know the antibiotics killed most of her good gut bacteria um and then obviously once she figured it out she was able to restore her gut health and she's totally fine now but imagine if you didn't know that this could be the cause and you're not taking care of your gut health and that could lead to all sorts of consequences down the road so let me kind of a little dive a little further into this um so there was a study it was called the children of the 90s study um, and basically during this study, they studied um, babies um, from 14,000 pregnant women in the early 90s that were born in the early 90s. And what they found is that the babies from that generation that were given antibiotics before the two, and about 74% of them were given antibiotics before the age of two. Um, these babies were nearly twice as likely to develop asthma by the time they were eight years old. Think about that. Asthma is something that seems a lot more common nowadays. Eczema, all of these allergies and autoimmune diseases are more and more common nowadays. And 
um, basically we're looking at um, the disturbance of our gut microbiome um, as possibly of this, right? Um, and there's been many studies that have studied this and proven this, you know, not completely all the way, but um, a lot of them are seeing a lot of correlation between all of these symptoms um, and when, you know, people took antibiotics and all that stuff. Another study showed that kids who were given three times more antibiotics under the age of 18 months developed autism. So think about that, right? What if we can prevent these things by just making sure um, that we don't take antibiotics unnecessarily, right? That is very, very powerful. And so if you're not familiar with how antibiotics work, basically most of our antibiotics right now are um, broad spectrum. So that means that they have any way of knowing which, which are the good bacteria are the bad bacteria they just kill all the bacteria um, in order to treat the infection and don't get me wrong antibiotics are a very very important development um, in our health hi miss judy in our health and um, in the medical field but at the same time a lot of doctors tend to um, over prescribe them and so i'll give you guys tips towards the end um, you know, as to how can for our microbiome, especially if you've had at least a round of antibiotics, which, you know, I would assume almost everyone, if not 100% of you have at least a round of antibiotics at some point in your life, right? We all have, um, if, especially, for instance, if you've done um, some kind of um, procedure at your, your dentist, right? Um, so besides the point. So anyway, it's actually part of the point. So anyway, let's move on. So chronic diseases type 2 diabetes, heart disease, obesity, how are these linked to gut health? And I've kind of alluded to that earlier um, when I was talking about the kind of microbes that we have can have an effect of whether or not we store more fat and get more calories from our food than other kinds of bacteria. And so this is kind of a continuation of that. So there's this toxin called zonulin. Um, it basically loosens the gut lining. Um, in another, this is common um, with people um, with celiac disease. So these are the, the kinds of people that are aller allergic to gluten. Um, and it's not actually um, that they're allergic to gluten. The theory is that zonulin, when um, this toxin is present in their gut, that um, it loosens the gut lining. So um, if you're not familiar with how our guts are structured, it's not actually a solid wall. It's actually a bunch of cells that are like um, uh, held together by proteins and, and different kinds of connective tissue. And so when zonulin is present, they found that uh, this gut lining loosens up, which means that a big protein like gluten can then pass through the blood when it's not supposed to. And the same thing with LPS or lipopolysaccharides, um, they tend to also cro cross the gut lining when they're not supposed to. These are pretty big molecules that are not supposed to pass through our gut. So this is kind of um, what you would call leaky gut. Um, and so when lipopolysaccharides um, get through and zonulin um, or actually gluten and lipopolysaccharides get through our gut lining, what happens is this triggers inflammation in our fat cells. Um, this triggers inflammation in general because they're not supposed to be there. Our bodies 
um, defense mechanism is to basically attack those 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 molecules that are not supposed to pass through the blood because they think that it is a um, an attacker or a foreigner, right? And so the the body's immune system, because it's healthy, it actually attacks those molecules. Um, thinking that it's an intruder and that it needs to be uh, basically uh, attacked and dead, be dead. Um, and this triggers an, a, a chronic inflammation. Um, and that is a huge problem um, because then you're just in chronic inflammation. And so what happens is that type 2 diabetes happens because when, when LPS specifically, lipopolysaccharides, in the blood, interfer- it interferes with insulin. And so that has been linked to um, developing type 2 diabetes, heart disease, obesity, depression, and other mental health problems. And so excess LPS blood will interfere with the action of insulin, which means that insulin cannot do its job. Um, and this can you know, develop, help develop all these other diseases, starting with type 2 diabetes. So it's very, very much in line with what we're talking about here as far as diabetes and sugar addiction and you know, controlling appetite, reducing sugar cravings and all that, right? Um, so what can we do? Like the, all of these are great to know, right? But what can we do? There's actually very simple things that we can do to improve our gut bacteria. Um, and so uh, let me talk about this study real quick. A study showed that obese women who lost just 2% of their weight on a low-carb, high-fiber diet can shift their gut bacteria to reflect that of a lean. So if you are carrying some weight right now um, and if you are able to um, lower your carb intake and increase the fiber in your diet, even if you just lost 2% of your weight. So for instance, if you are at 200 pounds and you just lost 2%, that is um, 10% of 200 is 20. So just two pounds, right? Um, I think that's right. (laughs) Um, Then you can actually, uh, me if I'm wrong with my math, but it's a very small amount of weight that can actually shift the kind of bacteria Um, that is living inside of us and it can reflect that of a lean person's microbiome so just losing weight is going to help Uh, but you have to do it with a low carb high fiber approach and it's not just any kind of fiber hey jennifer hey ted Um, so uh, that means you want to increase your fiber which plan you're using fiber not only increases satiety reduces appetite it's also food for our gut bacteria so if you've heard the term prebiotic that's actually fiber it's actually food for our gut bacteria they they thrive on the on fiber as food Um, and in return it actually helps us make more of those uh, bacteria because we're giving them the food that they want um, and uh, yeah, so so that is one thing. And I'm going to give you a specific fiber that actually helps this. Um, so these are specifically fiber from Jerusalem artichokes, onions, asparagus, um, and they're called oligosaccharides. Oh, hey, Dr. Heather. Thank you. Um, and so oligosaccharides, basically oligosaccharides, um, actually it also comes from um, unripe bananas. So... Um, if you want, if you like bananas, happen to not. Um, I tend to just 
shy away from bananas because I really this is starchy. Unless you get the green bananas, then you can get the benzodiazepines. Um, you can also get raw potato starch, um, and that is actually not starchy when it's raw. And you can your fiber, your fiber, your bacteria actually loves that, and it, it's basically fiber. Um, you can also cook like rice, for instance, and um, make it a cold rice. So once it cools down, this rice actually is not starchy, and it actually acts as fiber um, and food for your good back, good bacteria. So um, inulin powder is one thing that I found on Amazon. I actually ordered it today after reading the book and finishing it, um, and it's coming tomorrow. So I'm very excited. So you can uh, basically this is the one that I ordered. And I'll put the links in the description once the replay is posted, um, and I'll also send it in the email um, so that you guys have this. Um, but it's just organic inulin powder, and I'll tell you guys why organic is important a little bit later. Um, this is one kilogram in this whole bag, so it's gonna last a time. You can put it in your water, you can put it in your coffee, you can put it in shakes if you drink shakes, you can put it in whatever you want. Um, and there's actually a lot of um, good ratings on this. So if you read the reviews, you're gonna find that it actually works. Um, so it's the best um, because keto is low carb, and we want to ultimately low carb. We don't ultimately want to like eat a bunch of vegetables, right? Eating vegetables is good for you, but obviously, if it's a calorie, it, it also has to be. Um, you still have to be at a deficit when you're trying to lose weight and trying to um, improve your your digestion, right? I um, mean, so a powder supplement is going to basically solve that problem, give you that fiber without increasing your calorie intake. Um, so continuing on, what can we do to improve our gut bacteria? Um, again, these are oligosaccharides. What they found that this is why they recommend oligosaccharides in general. Um, is because it actually increases the bacterium acromantia. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Again, is these are like very big scientific words. Um, but what they found is that this kind of bacterium um, acromantia or acromantia, um, it actually helps produce a thicker layer on our gut lining. So also produces that that mucus on top of um, our cells and everything else. It, it, it basically um, holds the structure of our gut lining, which means that it, strength, it strengthens the gut wall um, and prevents large molecules like what we talked about, zonulin and LPS, from entering the blood. And so this is actually really good. Um, so yeah, I already said that. So, um, so whenever we can prevent to the toxin zonulin and LPS um, from crossing the gut lining, then we're and the inflammation, obesity, and a whole host of other disease, diseases that we already talked about. Um, so again, more on what can we do to improve our gut bacteria. Um, the, the type of fiber that we ingest, um, so again, oligosaccharides from inulin powder is going to be most likely the most beneficial. Um, this will um, this kind of fiber will affect which microbes we encourage 
to grow? Is it the good bacteria or the bad bacteria? Is it the lean person kind of microbiome or is it the obese person kind of microbiome? So the kind of fiber we ingest will affect that or the kind of carbohydrates, I should say, will affect that. So obviously you can't get the same benefits from whole grain pasta, <laughs> right? Or rice or, you know, um, you know, French fries. It's just not going to happen. Um, uh, so the kind of carbohydrates we ingest will affect how many calories we absorb. Again, we already talked about that. How our appetite is regulated with the leptin um, aspect of it, right? How much energy we store as fat, right? And also how quickly stored energy is used. Do we use it right away or do we store it as fat, right? So th these are all interconnected. And then the degree of inflammation in our cells. Because again, if our gut lining is letting things that are not supposed to pass through our gut into our blood, then that's going to create chronic inflammation. So all of these is huge. Like if you really think like, if I'm just going to increase my fiber intake, that will help me um, make more good bacteria, then I'm all for it. Like it's 21 bucks. It's probably going to last you three months. I don't know. Um, so depending on how big your family is, I guess. So whenever you do have to go to, to the doctor, because for, there's cer certain times when like, hey, your doctor, um, you know, you go to your doctor, you have an infection um, and maybe you don't, you can't prevent getting antibiotics or maybe they prescribe you antibiotics. So here are some questions that you can ask your doctor. And these are maybe some things that you can, um, you can pause the video, write them down so that if it happens, um, that you are armed with the right questions, right? So the first question is, is the infection bacterial or is it viral? So if it's a viral infection, antibiotics is not going to do anything because antibiotics only deal with bacteria, right? So it's viral. Your doctor will know that. Um, but sometimes the doctors will just give you something, prescribe you something just because they want to get you out of there. They have 10 minutes to see you and sit down with you. So they're going to prescribe something for you um, to feel like you accomplished something. Sometimes the book said that I didn't. So just quickly medical um, on medical claims. I'm not a doctor. These are just like information. Um, the more educated you are, the better you're going to make better decisions, basically, you know, whether it's at the, at the doctor's office or at the grocery store, right? Um, or restaurant. <laughs> um, are the antibiotics likely to make me significantly better or recover significantly faster? So the key word here is significantly because if the antibiotics are not going to make you significantly better or help you recover significantly fast, then if it's not going to accelerate your recovery, then what's the point of taking it, right? And then the third question, what are the risks of not taking antibiotics? and allowing my own immune system to fight off the infection itself you know so you know are, are there like huge risks is it life or death you know or something like if this infection doesn't get unchecked uh, you know that doesn't get controlled like you could develop some crazy things right um or is it like you know something that i can get through over time and just help my, my immune system fight it off naturally um, and, you know, obviously, if you have good gut bacteria, then more than likely, um, it's, going to, it's going to fight off the infection much better anyway, right? Um, this depends on where you are in your health, um, in, in your, the condition of your health. Um, so, and if, you're go, if you do need to take antibiotics, 
take a prebiotic and probiotic combo um, as well. And what they found is in about 40, uh, over 50% of the people that a prebiotic probiotic combo um, while they're taking antibiotics actually um, didn't experience any um, side effects um, as far as their gut bacteria, um, the good gut bacteria um, dying off basically. Um, so they were able to um, help maintain their their gut bacteria for the most part while they were taking antibiotics. So um, I will give you uh, an example of a prebiotic probiotic combination as well, and I'll send a link that to you guys as well. I personally take one day a prebiotic probiotic combination. Um, I meant to give bring the bottle, but I totally forgot it's in the fridge. But anyway, um, so I would totally um, consider that. Um, even either taking it daily or eating, taking it, taking really, or taking it while you're taking antibiotics. It's really up to you. Um, the one that I take is about 24 bucks for, I think, 60 servings. And me and my husband both take it um, right now. And so it will last us a month. So I think that's a small investment for, you know, ultimately preventing a lot of potentially more serious diseases down the road, right? So be careful. Um, we're still on the topic of what can we do to improve our gut bacteria and or if it's already messed up, what can we do to ultimately restore um, our microbiota? So there's other sources of antibiotics, um, if you can think about it. Um, animals that are given antibiotics, um, they tend to grow fatter and faster. So you've heard, right, that farmers will give chickens and cows and all the animals that they try to grow um, antibiotics and they found that when these animals are given antibiotics they actually tend to grow fatter and faster which means that they don't uh, um, they don't have to keep the animals there for long because they're growing fatter and faster and they can sell them faster um, and so think about the antibiotics in their muscles in their body in their blood um, and then we, we eat them <laughs> which means that those antibiotics um, actually get into our blood without us knowing it right um, and so what you want to do is make sure that you're eating grass-fed organic meats and vegetables as much as possible um, this time like grass-fed and organic meats and vegetables not only are they everywhere in every grocery store because of the demand and because of the awareness of this um, you know more and more people are aware that grass-fed is better organic meats and vegetables are is better that it's actually cheaper to um, to get these now we we go to whole foods for our meats and actually we shop at whole foods just to make sure that we're getting the best um, grass-fed organic meats and vegetables because it's important over time hey dahlia um so also this is this was shocking to me when i saw this you want to avoid antibacterial soaps and bought in in your body wash basically anything that you put in your body so antibacterial anything if you have them in your house throw them away so these antibacterial um, soaps and body wash they have triclosan in them and triclosan is an antibiotic it's an antibacterial uh, that's why they're called antibacterial and so when we continuously wash our hands or um, use those antibacterials um, on our skin that means it kills the microbes the good bacteria on our skin 
and so they become resistant to antibiotics and then the the bad bacteria tend to overtake and then these all host of, host of problems of eczema and psoriasis happen right so avoid those antibacterials if you have to really um, sanitize your hands um, you know alcohol is much better than antibacterial um, so there it is I'll just avoid antibacterial if you want to google um, what is what products have triclosan you'll be surprised how much um, how many um, products out there have triclosan so if you want a pre and prebiotic combo so a prebiotic is the food for your bacteria and then the probiotic is the actual bacteria that feeds on the prebiotic that's why it's called pre and pro um, this is the one I use it's by Mav Nutrition. Again, I'll send you guys the links um, to the annulin powder and then this pre and probiotic combo as well. And again, any questions? I see that you guys, um, some of you are on right now. If you guys have any questions or either live or replay, or maybe even once I put this in the podcast, if you guys have any questions, just feel free to reach out to me um, at the Sugar Rebel on Facebook or Instagram. Um, or if you're doing the 10 Day Break Free from Sugar Challenge, obviously reach out to me directly or via email, uh, whichever you prefer. prefer. So in this case, I want to end with this. Prevention is better than cure, typically, most of the time, right? Because what happens is if we already have type 2 or heart disease or whatever it is, for the most part, um, especially it depends on the severity of the, the disease. Obviously, um, you know, most of these, if you stack all the tips that we've learned from day one all the way to today, more than likely, you will um, tackle all of those sources of what makes us sick, what makes us fat, what makes us crave um, sugar, um, and you are, you have a higher probability of of um, reversing, um, you know, the, the diseases or whatever symptoms you guys are experiencing. And so, um, you know, prevention is always better than cure. So obviously sick or if you already have a disease or taking medications for something um, you can probably still um, see some radical changes um, if you're really consistent about it and if you're really committed in you know implementing all of the the, the things that we learned during this challenge um, during our 10 days um, and so but prevention is always better than cure and that's why even if you don't have those diseases now is a good time to make all of these changes and to be very serious and very committed in implementing all the strategies that we talked about today because ultimately now is a good time <laughs> now that it's top of your mind um now is a good time to do these things be to be implementing it and to be consistent with it and so um again drop live if you watch the live video drop replay if you're watching the replay later on um and i will send you guys the replay also via email um and also the links to the products that i um, mentioned during this video um and if you're in the podcast i'll put it in the show notes as well um over there and so tomorrow, so today's day 10 is the last day of the challenge. I know most of you will be watching the replay. Um, so I invite you to um, tomorrow's webinar. Um, and I want you guys to be there. Well, I will basically put everything together for you. You know, there are bits and pieces, different tips every single day. And um, so what happens is, you know, most of the time, if, if you've been consistent with the last, last 10 days and the tips that we're about and implementing that, then you're armed, like with all the tools that you need more than anyone um, that has ever tried to, to, to do anything 
weight loss or sugar addiction or whatever it is, right? Um, you are already armed. Like you can't say that you don't because you now know it, right? But if you want to like put everything together, have it make more sense, um, I invite you to the webinar tomorrow, same time as today, 5 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, and the registration is in the emails in the last five days towards the bottom. And so if you haven't registered yet, register, otherwise you won't be able to, um, to get the link to join the webinars. So um, I will see you guys tomorrow. Again, any questions, please feel free to drop them in the comment section. I would love to um, help you answer, help you navigate this. Um, and I will see you guys tomorrow. Until then, bye-bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Keto and Life Hacks. Be sure to tap on the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. And while you're at it, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes if you found value in my show or simply tell a friend who can benefit from it. You may also visit my website at thesugarrebel.com for some awesome and free keto resources. For information on how to find me on Instagram and Facebook and to ask me your keto and biohacking questions directly. Be sure to check in regularly for the newest episode. I'll see you soon.